Open the five bay doors, please, pal. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna need a bigger potion. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Look at the coast. We get together, have a few laughs. <laughs> a movie odyssey with Brad Patel, Gus Trout, and Adam Lucas. So I'm all moved into my new office here, and uh, I'm digging it's it. It's a hell of an office. Yeah. Got my Atari butt down here. Um, I know. I saw. I saw the Atari. <laughs> What's uh? What do you have any like standout games? You got anything like rare or something that you like a lot? Um, I got ET. I mean, right, which is like it's, it's like not, a meme. Yeah, it's not really that bad. I think my favorite games are probably Adventure. This is the kind of the classic one. Yeah. Um, You know, a lot of the two-player games are a lot of fun too. Air Sea Battle, and and I used to play that with my sister. Yeah, Air Sea Battle. They're just so crude, but it's fun with two people. Um, I mean, sometimes the simplicity is is nice. Yeah, Yar's Revenge is another good one. I, I never, I don't know if I've played that. Is that it, like a top down? What is that? You're like a fly alien. You're like an alien fly. Okay. And you're trying to destroy like an evil something that's like trying to attack you. <laughs> that's all it is. Interesting. Um, <laughs> nice. The thing all isn't right. really defined. I don't know. There's a whole. Well, yeah, they didn't really backstory. have like cut scenes and stuff. Yeah, no, they wrote right. like little backstories into the which I still like in a booklet, lot. like the case thing or something. I still have a lot of these booklets. Yeah, but uh, no, they never made sense, and it was always like, use your imagination. This is this is a this right. is a sword. I swear to God, this is a sword. <laughs> these these three pixels are a sword. <laughs> I was like, you yeah uh movies huh hey how about Crazy. movies <laughs> hey you know what movies. they shot movies you know you know what they shot movies on in the 80s they shot it on film it was film it was yep. all film they didn't have any other choice well um let's get started on our episode because i i liked had you seen this movie before did we watch the same movie summer school yeah okay with um with mark Harmon, right yes Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because oh, when we were talking about it or- originally, I transposed in my head um back to school. Oh. That's a... like with Rodney Dangerfield, but that's not yeah. like a summer movie. Right. But um but I was like, Oh yeah, that's that movie where Rodney Dangerfield goes to summer school. <laughs> but it's like, oh no, that wait, that's not and then I like remembered this was one of those movies that was on TV like when I was a kid. It would just okay. randomly be on TV in the middle of the day in the summer on one of the, you know, TNT or something. Cause I never saw it all the way through before. I mean, yeah. I knew, I knew it existed, but um, this was kind of Gus's pick. Cause he wanted, he was real excited to, to talk about this. And I feel kind of bad a little I, bit, I, that I, you know, and also now I'm just so intrigued. I was, I was assuming that it was your pick. I didn't really, really remember how it was going down because this is like, a bad movie but it's like you know kind of it's like enjoyable it's fun bad right it's fun bad it's not just like it's not cringe bad or you know it's just yeah it's 80s 
fun bad. It's 80s for sure. And Gus seems to think, and I guess he's right, it's kind of a cult classic now. I guess I should do an intro and tell the yeah. audience what we're talking about um, before we get too much into it. Hey, gang, Brad Putello here. I'm joined by my good friend, Adam Lucas. Uh, Gus Trout is still on, shall we call it an extended paternity leave from the podcast i mean it's, we're calling he, he's just he's taking care of business um he's, he's, yeah we're we're excited to have him back and we wish him well yep no um, he'll be he will be back he's just uh you know got stuff going on and he has it honestly he, he was he was uh he was hogging up too much airtime honestly so <laughs> that's I, true he, <laughs> he does he, he goes on rants which i quite enjoy but then i go to edit them and they're like 10 minutes long and i'm like i can't you're sure you're not talking about me i, I feel on. like you're talking about me like my ears are burning <laughs> but this I, movie yeah. i it was gus's pick and he was right. all excited like he had mentioned this movie before we even, even like... decided to do the summer movie thing he was talking about doing it like he really wants because he thinks it's an underappreciated gem. I mean, there are things about it that are. Like Mark Harmon is good. Yeah, I enjoyed it, frankly. I mean, and I yeah, overall, I enjoy it. But there's I also think... so many things that are like, oh, really? <laughs> I really? wanted to get get into that because like. There are some really, really questionable things that happen in the a movie. lot of them like, yeah and mark Harmon, who's like the lead character in it he's plays it off with such charm like he's right he's so effortlessly charming in this movie that you kind of you kind of overlook like, the badness it's no of... big deal he has a minor living with him yeah, that a family that... member <laughs> yeah. who's a, a the the sex he's attracted to yeah or even regardless of that it's still yeah. just like a teacher lets one of their students move in with them. Yeah. That's... Like for any reason. Yeah. No, nope. Uh-uh. That's probably well, the biggest one. Yeah. Well, that, and the party. And the party and just the uh, the fact that he organizes a trip to the beach just so they can look at Anna Maria in a bikini. True. <laughs> they, they have but that. Will, they... Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like dave and chains are like we need to go to the beach so we can see anna marie in a bikini and and mark Harmon's just like okay but was that their like thing in to in order for them to actually try that's what they want no that they wanted to show texas chainsaw massacre that's yeah that they wanted a screening of so like yeah the beach thing was literally just like hey we want to get boners in public (laughs) but so yeah the this is 1987 directed by Carl Reiner, which surprised yep. me. I um that's probably why it's as good as it is. Yeah. I feel like the thing that struck me about it is it does have a lot of heart to it, like more than you yeah. would expect from this type of movie, like this type of 80s right. movie. Yeah. Like a, a comedy involving teens from the 80s was typically really raunchy and really offensive and this movie has a bit of that, of course, but like, yeah, there is a lot of heart to it too. And I think the characters in it, specifically the, the students in the class are fairly interesting characters and fairly yeah, pretty well, well built out. And yeah. they have, there's enough like scenes where they're actually like being human beings, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and they are like all kind of archetypes, right? Like they're yeah. all kind of stereotypes or, you know but um 
they don't feel totally like totally hollow. Right. So they feel Some a little bit fleshed others, but... out. Yeah. There's yeah. Mainly Dave and Chainsaw are the kind of they're like the most fleshed out. I would say. Yeah, just like, because cause... they're like the comic relief. Yeah. Kind of. Obviously, the whole thing is a comedy, but they're like they're utilized a lot because of their. I don't know, whatever their whole dynamic. Yeah, they're fun. So the they are they're a little cringy sometimes, and it, it honestly it kind of sounds some of the dialogue it sounds like an old person writing teens. Yeah, this is you know uh, I mean? uh, Jeff Frazier wrote the screenplay, or sorry, Jeff Franklin would later go on to create the TV show Full House. Uh, well. <laughs> So there you have it. There's that. Uh, so you got Jeff, it, dude. Jeff Franklin wrote writes the screenplay. Carl Reiner directs. Right. Um, just an interesting. Danny Elfman. People. Uh, yes. Does the score Danny, and also yes. forces a Oingo Boingo song in there, of course. The Oingo Boingo song, I, I couldn't find it anywhere. Like I, I looked on iTunes. It's like and, they recorded it just for this movie. Yeah, and the. Apparently, the score that Danny Elfman did has never been released, and it's on a, its own. Yeah, it's a fairly um, for Danny Elfman. It's pretty subdued. The score, right? It's not yeah, whimsical it's, at all. It's it's a no, standard score. He was trying to do like a standard eighties comedy movie score. Yeah, you know he can't write music. How's that? He's a hummer. Mean? He literally has to have a person that can write music, and he's like, and then I want the oboes to do, beep, bop, beep, bop, beep, and oh, then wow. they write it down. Like he, huh. he can't read music or write music, or at least he couldn't. Interesting. He he's just like a, you know, he can play the piano and stuff. Be like me, like I can hear the intervals between notes. Like okay. I don't have perfect pitch, but I can be like, I can hear something and figure it out. So yeah, Danny Elfman's score, unreleased score. Which um, like unremarkable, like you said, it's not like I don't like nothing. Yeah. Nothing, nothing really stood out to me other than no. the Oingo Boingo song. Really, I liked the Oingo Boingo song. I was like, oh, that's a cool yeah. song, and right. I went to go look for it, and I couldn't find it. So no, I, I think I literally it. did the same thing. Like I like searched for it on Spotify, and yeah. I was like, weird. Well, yeah, but just sometimes it's not on there, so I just figured that. But maybe it's just literally like was a song they recorded and never put on an album that they just threw in. Well, the funny thing is Danny Elfman has another song called Happy. Oh, yeah. Which was released like in five years ago or something. And it's super dour. Like it's super downbeat. And I'm like, I almost downloaded. It. I'm like, that. oh, that's not. Bad. Wait, that's the wrong one. <laughs> that's not the right song. That's yeah, a, a different song called Happy by Danny Elfman. But yeah, cool. Boingo, boingo. Cool Oingo Boingo songs. One year after they appeared in Back to School, which was 86. And so they, yes, they were. And two years before, I think Danny Elfman wrote the theme from The Simpsons. But four years after, wait, no, I'm trying to think of the timeline because Pee Wee's Big Adventure was 85. Uh -huh. and, and that score has like, is super whimsical. Like, yeah. it's, it's super, it, and it's, of course, it's Tim Burton. So, yeah, it, but yeah. it's, it's super like Danny Elfman. Like right, that's where that's where he kind of defined his like his the, the Danny Elfman style. I guess he was just trying something different here. He was trying to do something more 
like standard. Yeah, I mean, like, I think he uh he probably wasn't really like a hot commodity. So he probably just needed right, a yeah. job. And they're like, we don't want Pee Wee's big adventure. We want, you yeah. know, yeah. like something normal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nowadays you would hire Danny Elfman because you know what you're getting, you know. Right, like... exactly. That's what I mean. So I think this was just like a job. Probably. Or, probably. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's good at coming up with like iconic, like, like John Williams, yeah. you know, can come up with stuff that will like, you can hum it. People are like, oh, what's that, you know, song from whatever. And you can hum it. Right. Like he, they're both like hooky composers. They're. Oh yeah. Things they do that are either, they're either, you know, deceptively simple. I think that's what a lot of it is. Like a lot of the memorable stuff that Danny Elfman I mean, just he does. Well, he uses that like, um, that old. It's like that meme of like a f- a f- music you would play when you see like a factory, like people right. working in factories, like bum 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 bum, and then like hi, you know, like that's like just a handful of notes too, like yeah, just kind of minimal, but you know. But then it'll build and then there'll be some atmosphere and some kind of he always I always think of a lot of his stuff is when it builds up, it feels very like swirly, like it has yeah. a lot of like motion, like ups and downs. And yeah. yeah. And like if you feels like there's like the music is like spinning around you, but not yeah. in like a way that makes you sick or something. But yeah. No, anyway, that's definitely this is a Danny Elfman podcast now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, uh, Kirstie Alley plays the love interest uh this totally is, forgot she was in this uh so this is the year that she started on cheers so i'm guessing this was filmed before cheers she had done of course star trek II: the wrath of khan uh, yes. was, was kind of her big breakout role which hmm. uh but then star, she star trek star trek alert it's <laughs> <laughs> my star woo. trek reference uh the one kid who plays uh Larry the stripper was also in a Star Trek episode, but we'll uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, um, all but, right. Uh, and then she was in North and South, a TV series about the Civil War, which I think was she was pretty well received in. So I think by this time, and this was you know by this time she was kind of somewhat famous as a lead actress. Um, but still early in her early enough in her career, um. You know, and same thing with uh, with um, Mark Harmon. He had been uh, People's Sexiest Man Alive in 1986. Hey, so I'm not going to argue. He was the sexiest man alive when he made this. He's looking, he is looking good. He and does like you look said, good he in is, this. Yeah, he is. It's more, I think, about his charisma. Like he does. He see. It seems like he. He's just effortless. Like uh, it's. You know what I mean? Like he just, yeah. he just has this, like, he does not, he's never trying type of thing, but like in a good way. His character's name is Shoop. Shoop? Shoop. Which, um, that's what which people is, call Of course, him. that famous song was written about him. So he's a school teacher. He's a gym teacher. He's lazy and terrible. And I don't think they he ever tenure not- at this high school, apparently. Yeah, he he gets basically blackmailed into teaching remedial English over the summer by the creepy vice principal who's ostensibly the villain of the film, Gills, yeah. who's also dating Kirstie Alley's character who's like the love interest. So 
Um, Which like Kirstie Alley's character would never date that guy. I know. Let's just be, you know what I mean? She would never date that guy. He's so slimy. She would like, I don't, that's the, that's the, of all the unbelievable things in this movie, I think that's the least believable one is that she's dating that creep. But, you know, we, there's a lot of, um, well, first off, I have a lot of questions about the characters in this movie, the students. Um, Okay. Let's, let's let's dig in. Well, let's start with the fact that like on the first day of class, it's the room is like full, right? But then yes. What happens to, so there's a line, there is literally one line where like, somebody says to gills or something like what well, i forget it's after something happens um yeah. something bad happens and like a bunch of the parents pull their kids out of class and so then the core group of people the only ones that have actually been introduced are the ones still there but there is literally a single line about it that would be very easy to miss oh i guess i missed that because i'm like yeah. where is the rest of the students is he just right it's literally like i think that it might even be adr it's like a shot from kind of far away and they're like walking in a parking lot and it's oh. like what how many students are left and they're you know they say whatever 13 we need to like, explain uh, this somehow ins- right yeah the rest of the parents <laughs> pulled their kids out after whatever but yeah there's they they barely explain it and then the one kid which actually this got a genuine laugh out of me. The kid who goes to the bathroom on the first day and then yes. never shows and up comes and, back for the test and he still got the bathroom pass. Yeah. <laughs> but how did he not realize that he was gone? Like, did he just never take role or I guess he didn't. Sounds he didn't like it. I don't think he did. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, I mean, that's, that's a very dumb joke, but it's like, I, I appreciate the equipment. I think, I laughed at it. That one, no, I, I was, I, I giggled. Yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah, that guy." Well, I guess I probably have the most questions about Courtney Thorne Smith's character. Yeah. Um. Oy, so, oy, oy. is she homeless? I kind of got the impression she was homeless. Right. I feel like she might, yeah, be like living on the beach. Because, like, we never see her parents. She never mentions her parents. She has some line about. And it's kind of played for laughs, like this line about how she can't live at her sister's house anymore because of reason. I don't know. So she's having another baby and this kid's moving to this bedroom. And then yeah. now I now I can't sleep on the couch anymore. Yeah. And it's kind of played for laughs. But if you think about it, she's like kind of homeless, right? Yeah, no, she is. Yeah, she does not have a, a place where she actually like lives and then we see surfing we briefly see her sister's family like right they show up to mark Harmon's house shoop's house (laughs) and there's like five kids or something and they're all like surfers and they're all just like hey we're we're totally cool with you living with the teacher i guess our 16 year old sister right living with the teacher which that's kind of like obviously that's unacceptable but like if a te- if a student's homeless though like if it's if it's like i can crash on your couch or i can sleep on the street right and she I basically mean, like tells him that she's like but she's also the part that makes it worse is she's like hitting on him the whole time right that's the like other thing she, too if she like, was if, if he just found out that she was homeless and she needed somewhere to stay he'd be like hey well come sleep on my couch until we can figure something out you know what i mean like plus she's like acting like his wife basically like yeah she's like he's cooking, cooking dinner dinner and doing his laundry and st- it's like real weird it i is. don't understand then, why they did that kirstie alley comes over 
Right. And, and he's and, like, no, and it's he's not just what like, it looks like. He's just like, oh, this is one of my students. And she's like, this is pretty weird. You probably shouldn't do this. And then, right? and he, and then, he's and like, then Mark oh. Harmon's like, oh, wait, maybe this is weird. <laughs> he didn't think about it. But I mean, like, I kind of do believe that for Shoop. Yeah, that's true. I because was thinking so like kind of aloof in my head. The next line of dialogue probably should have been she's homeless. Like, exactly. She like, has no place else because she has no nowhere else to go. And not just like, oh, whatever. She's a student who's living with me. No big deal. She's 16. Right. <laughs> Yeah, this could be another one of those age of consent things that we just, you know, again, I, I don't want to get on a list, so I'm not looking it up. <laughs> Courtney Thorne Smith was 19 while they filmed this. So, oh, thank God. She was. <laughs> um. Also, is she like suffering from depression? She's got, clearly got some kind of something that would these days she would be on medication for probably right because she's sure i think that they would they would just call that character traits back in 19 you know what i mean it's like oh she's a sad girl who's trying to find fulfillment in like you know and she she obviously like i think uh, i mean i think they were like oh she's like a sad girl who has daddy issues so she wants to like date an older man you know well, like that yeah trope. but we never we never see or hear about like the family dynamic other than right prior to moving in with Shoop, she was sleeping on her sister's couch. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really, there's so many things in this movie that are just, that are either just brushed over or they're played for laughs, but it's like, well, this is kind of serious. It's like, like pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> no, this movie is pretty dark. Like at a certain point, I'm like, man, this isn't a comedy. Like they're really, like this is a hair's breadth you know away from being like a like dangerous minds you know like yeah all the pro kids with all these problems and everything and the teacher trying to help them get through it you know yeah and i think that's a lot of the heart comes from the relationship that develops sure between the students but there's so much all right now how about um Rhonda, the pregnant girl uh okay yes Played by Shawnee Smith, who would later go on to be Amanda in the Saw franchise. Okay. <laughs> She's pregnant. We know we don't know who the dad is. We never see her parents. Um right. Do she doesn't have a Lamaze partner? She's right. she's going about this pregnancy. That's another thing that's just brushed over, like her pregnancy. And then isn't the, it somebody like is it her? There's somebody that's like working and like has their own like a place or whatever too right there's a kid who's working as a stripper well yeah right? oh yeah 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 yeah. is that <laughs> that's Maybe. another I thing know. i was I gonna some... right I was there's gonna a get kid to who's working the... as a stripper with like who's I guess underage 18 oh he yeah. is underage like they yeah they do say like if you find out how old i am and i can't work anymore right yeah and the the teacher knows this and doesn't do anything like he needs hey you gotta get that cheddar bro <laughs> i guess but how about like Rhonda's pregnancy at the end like she goes into labor while they're taking the final test right and it gives and birth then, like right after they're done and she finishes the test and then it's like oh I'm gonna go have a baby now yeah and then the very next scene is like she's just sitting there oh I gave the baby up for adoption and everyone's just like oh okay <laughs> like, yeah it makes sense it's, it's just not addressed at all like she has no emotional like yeah arc, right. arc to that like it's nope. just 
she she's the pregnant girl that's her character trait <laughs> yep and they didn't like set up like did they set up that she was going to get away for adoption because i i feel no. like they didn't like it no. it's like comes as a surprise yeah you we find to see that her, like holding the baby being like oh and she's like oh yeah no i gave that shit away Maybe wow. they just couldn't afford a baby. I don't know. It's <laughs> Maybe like, don't know. they're like they just didn't show up to that one day, yeah. that one shoot. They're like oh, the one scene it could have been. Yeah, right. Yeah, but there's no there's no hospital scene. There's there's no labor scene. It's just oh, I'm in labor. She just says it like there. Yeah, <laughs> and the, and then the next thing is the baby's just gone. Like. Sort of yep. like old a little bit, like a little bit, yeah, yeah. They never show the baby; it's just gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just hear some rattling bones. Okay, well that confused me. Then, then we got yep. the Larry, who's working as a stripper, and he's not a, a age of consent to be a stripper, right? And like, Shoot finds this out, and he doesn't do anything. He's just, you know, oh, okay, whatever. The, we we and that's set up because he's always asleep the kids yeah he's always asleep because he works like late yeah so they give him a bed in the classroom <laughs> so he can sleep and he's got like a g-string on in the one scene and yeah and then like he comes in and says oh they found out because my mom showed up at the right yeah his mom showed up at the club <laughs> at the club his mom and, and, and his grandma or and something put, I think. I and put really... like a dollar into his g-string or something yeah yeah Kind of. Again, this is one of those movies that would not get made as it is today, which is maybe why uh, Happy Gilmore or what the hell is Happy Madison? Sandler's company bought the yeah. rights to remake this in 2012. Oh, they, oh, they did. But they had, but they never did because oh. they're probably like, yeah, this is, we just have to make a whole new movie. I think there's too much stuff we couldn't get away with. I feel like you could, you know, you could do the you basic just, premise of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. You just have to change the plight of the characters but you know that's another thing just like we talked about in the last movie where it's like these things that the characters are doing they're like different enough to be like interesting it's not right but it's but it's also like weird in a, at the same time <laughs> yeah a lot of it is weird because <laughs> they're kids and right well, at least in this case the actors are like age of consent and they're not doing things that are like they're only talking about things they're not you sure. don't really yeah, see you're anything. actively seeing them <laughs> other than him in his g-string but yeah. well they are that then but yeah. uh another thing too the, so we got dave and chainsaw right which are like kids obsessed with they're like the fangoria kids yeah they clearly have drinking problems right they're yes. drunk yeah, for the whole drunk movie all the time they're always drunk but again they're like playing it for laughs but it's like no these kids are like high school alcoholics like yeah, which this, is like a real thing this kid probably needs some help like yeah you, you and then at one point shoop like covers for him like right yes because they get caught on the beach with booze and he's like oh that's mine and then they're like oh providing alcohol he's like is that what he goes to jail that's when he goes to jail right yeah yeah he gets yeah. arrested for that but then yeah. he gets praised for it later like Oh, hey. you really, you really care about these kids. You like, care about covering up their alcohol abuse. <laughs> like if, if you care about them, maybe get them some help. They're clearly alcoholics. Yeah. Like who we, wasn't in the eighties though? I guess they're drunk no. for the whole movie though. Right. Except. Yeah. They're, they, they keep making like reference to like, yeah, that they have vodka or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
he says at one point, "Hey, I stayed sober for this." Like when they take right. the test, when they take the test, yeah, which which implies he was never sober before that we saw him, right? <laughs> but those kids are funny because they're like obsessed with horror movies and they make prosthetic makeup, which is way too good, right? For, for like a teenager, yeah. Um, the funny thing about that is those prosthetics were actually made by Rick Baker. Oh, really? Then they're talking they're in like, the movie. Oh, they're like, like the best guy. Yeah. Like when the substitute teacher comes in and they've got all, right. the whole thing whole set up. Thing. Yeah. Like the Scare kids got the torso ripped open with the intestines like Day of the Dead. Yeah. It's like <laughs> there's no way those kids could have pulled this off. Right. That's ridiculous. But that's I mean, I do like uh, it's kind of like School of Rock, you know, like it's like it's ridiculous but it's like you'd still love it like yeah like it's kind of great yeah so and also that they reference rick baker in the movie right because i'm pretty sure yeah they're giving a report on who they admire which i i i I am confused why they're not stoners because they live at the beach yeah they love horror movies like it just it seems it seems like they chose alcohol on purpose because it's like the darker like you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah. Like if they were stoners, it'd be like, oh, well, you know, you I mean, you're not, it's still not good for you. Right. But it, as a teenager, anyway. for sure. Yeah. And then you've got the uh, sexy foreign exchange student. <laughs> right. Who is just like, which they play, t- there's too much of her being sexy. Yeah. She's supposed to be like 16 or whatever. Yeah. Too much. I thought like when they introduced that character, kind of rolled my eyes a little bit and i'm wondering right. like is, is this where they got shannon elizabeth's character from american pie oh, like is, but, is yeah the same archetype maybe. you know the or they like or the studio like added added her in like this is this it feels like the uh an addition kind of yeah from like a an executive or something being like hey well, there's no uh where's the tna in here carl yeah. Uh, Jeffrey, whoever the writer's name is, you know, it's like, why don't we put a, a hot, sexy Italian lady in there? Eh, that sounds good. I know. And they're like, okay, you know. I feel like it's still less raunchy than it could have been, though. Oh yes, no. I feel like it. I, I feel like the original intention was for it not to be, and they told them this is a, you know, I, I, it feels like yeah. the studio was like, you got to make it like more offensive. And raunchier, like I, it feels like it was written almost as a dramedy initially. This is the eighties. Like, you gotta, right? Yeah, like the tone of it. You could, you could make the same movie with the same characters in the same situation and have the tone be totally dramatic. Honestly, like, just change the score. Just yeah. change the score, and it would probably like you wouldn't you wouldn't have to do anything else. You know, just make the score instead of being like. Make it like, yeah, you know, but and it's, then they'd be talking about their drinking problem. And you'd be like, man, this is sad as shit. Well, I feel like you would also have to address some things more like, sure. Oh no, for sure. Cause this is like one step away from being like, a, I don't know, Beverly Hills, 90210 maybe, or some right. Some really like teenage overly drama. dramatic. Yes. Teen yeah, Dawson's thing. Creek. Like, yeah. The OC. <laughs> With the situations mm, what the you kids say. <laughs> anyway. Right. Yeah. No, like they're all, those are all the things that all of those shows address. Like, yeah. You know, hey, come on. You have a drinking problem. You, you got to do something about it. You know, they have, yeah. You got the character of the drinking problem. You got a pregnant, pregnant girl. 
Yeah. You got the, you got the homeless girl being, uh, being objectified. Yeah. I don't know if that's, but yeah, you got yeah, a girl who's hiding, being homeless. Um, who's, who may or may not be suffering from severe depression. Right. We, we're not sure. Like, I guess that wasn't really talked about in the eighties too much. Like, no, like, yeah, like mental no. health issues were, were swept under the rug a lot. And right. It's like, Oh, you're just lazy or yeah. whatever. Yeah. A, a character like Courtney Thorne Smith's character probably would have gone undiagnosed. Yep. Yeah. Because she had, you know, she, she, she's very good at masking all of that, you know? Yeah. She's honestly, I, the biggest feels like, is her obsession with older men. <laughs> But, yeah, it feels like the character. I, I don't know if this was the intention or not, but yeah, the the character has become accustomed to just pushing it down, you know, and not yep, not not addressing Brown. Yeah. Oh wait, she's not the alcoholic, but yes, that I mean, no, but that's what everybody did. Yeah, that's then. true. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that's why so many people were drinking and other stuff is because they weren't dealing with this stuff because it wasn't socially acceptable to even like talk about it let alone go like see a professional or something yeah unless you were like a neurotic jewish person from manhattan then it's like you you had to yeah you had to go to therapy according to woody allen movies Uh, Yeah, yeah the one character the sort of nerdy kid right who um why did he end up his excuse was weird because he was like why am i here you know like yeah it felt like they just needed a nerd character in there because you have like the jock character right and then you know you have all these other archetypes right um but yeah he was well i don't know he was an interesting character (laughs) because he didn't really have much of an arc but no there's some stuff with like his mom or whatever something right or his grand, he lives with his grandma. His grandma, right? yeah, his grandma, and that's kind of played for laughs too. But we do yeah. meet his mom at one point, right? I think so. It's yeah. like we there's the one scene at the end when the parents come in, and that's another thing that's played for laughs because you got right. you know, the the kid who's really into football has a dad who's really into football, and there's right. a couple other gags like that, but we still don't address like. Courtney Courtney Thorne Smith's character, we don't see her in that scene or her parents, and we also don't see Rhonda's family either. The pregnant girl, it's like yeah, it'd get too dark. Yeah, we're we're brushing over. <laughs> I guess, yep. but yeah, I feel like <clears throat> almost several moments in this movie, like the overly comedic tone of it doesn't seem to match what's happening. But no, you like since the characters are pretty well drawn and since mark Harmon is so charming you're just kind of like okay i'll go with it and i think some of it yeah some of it is like in the 80s that was kind of like is this movie like secretly satire you know what i mean maybe yeah but were we talking about another movie like that where it's like is this actually like super smart like satire being like yeah look at these comedies that that we all watch yeah, look at this comment is that we all watch where we're watching kids like with all sorts of terrible issues and we're like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> laughing and crying at the same time. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, just and the whole the whole idea that a teacher could go to Hawaii for the summer. I know it's just I mean, back then it's slightly more feasible. Do you know what I mean? Because Hawaii yeah. wasn't as it was still expensive, but it wasn't like as crazy as it is now. Yeah. Um. 
it's so expensive. Yeah, you know I, I mean? don't. I'd rather go somewhere else. I would rather go three other places. You know, it's not so great in my That's mind. True. Yeah, I could kind of take or leave it. Honestly, I. Hawaii? Are you not a beach yeah. person? Not really. No. I've seen what about lost. Jurassic Park person. You could take the Jurassic yeah. Park location helicopter tour. Is that a thing? Uh, it used to be. I don't know if it oh. still is, but yeah, it used to be. They would fly and like, oh, this is where they built the helipad and this is the waterfall. Because like, that's like all Hawaii almost. Oh, so anyway, summer school, the school they used, uh, same school they used to shoot Karate Kid. Interesting. And, and Nightmare on M Street 2. Ah. This popular high school for filming i wish that we i I wish that we could have had a high school like this like whenever i was in school like in the northeast you don't have high schools with like courtyards and all the classrooms open outside i know you know what i mean like i went to visit a friend in arizona when i was in high school and she moved and she was having a hard time like her whole family is kind of having a hard time so we went out to like visit them and i ended i went to homecoming with her because she like didn't nobody know anyone at the school so i like went and we went to her school and i was like this is the coolest nicest place i've ever been and it's a school yeah because like, it was in arizona so it's like everything was outside there's all these cool like sunshade things and when's like where's the cafeteria and they're like oh well, we just all eat out here they just open the side of the building and we get our food and i'm like what? Oh. she's like yeah it never rains and it's always nice out and i'm like i hate you <laughs> no my high school was definitely not like that either it was all indoors and stuffy and yeah just concrete blocks and linoleum floors and metal lockers as far as the eye could see basically ancient ancient desks that never sat level uh yeah well i i like this movie overall i mean i think uh, it it was kind of not really well received at first ebert so, gave it a half a star i think siskel and ebert both panned it yeah ebert hated yeah. it, it I got... mean, it's not a good movie yeah. but it is surprisingly like you said it has a surprising amount of heart and like you do want to find out what happens to the kids and to yeah. him and like does he get the girl and like of course he does but how and you end up caring about the kids for sure that's what i even though of... the movie doesn't seem to care about the kids right <laughs> yeah, exactly. movie couldn't give two shits maybe that's why maybe that's why we care about the kids because like in movie you're glossing over this these poor kids these kids are great characters why aren't you yeah delving like into these mu- yeah. mysteries that you've set up right it is there's a lot of like un like open-ended like un yeah. things <laughs> left unaddressed that are like seem like oh we're definitely going to talk about this later yeah no nope. never mentioned again <laughs> never mentioned again even it's in passing it has kind of become a cult classic though and like i said gus really wanted to do it so i need to talk I, to him about it and get his i should have talked to him i should try to give him a phone call today to give his two cents but yeah uh, maybe we can do a mini sode with gus uh yeah i like I interview hear... him about it. I'm going to try and thinks... do that. I'm going to try and set up a thing with Gus and then we could do like a mini. So like, I'll send you the recording if you okay, want, like sure. just do like a 20 minute one or something. Yeah. I, w- I, w- I would love to hear what he thinks about it. Like if he yeah, agrees same. with us, cause we're both kind of like, <laughs> this is kind of a weird movie for Gus to really be into. Like, right. C- considering he does love like taste. hangout movies and stuff, but this one is yeah. just, it's not like as polished and, and Gus likes shit. That's like, kind of like 
a vibe like the whole thing is like it's like a, a, a well-crafted thing yeah it doesn't mean it has to be like perfect but it's like it's got this oeuvre to it and this doesn't really have that everybody tried to make a decent movie and they kind of did and like the writer and the director i do not think we're on the same page at all about right. <laughs> what this movie is supposed to be like and then you could tell there's heavy studio influence there's a so lot this of this is what you end up with a lot of changes when Carl Reiner came on board, like uh, the uh, Dave and Chainsaw were in the script obsessed with freaks. The, the 1932 or 22 film. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really... Yeah. yeah. That, but that's too obscure. And... But yeah, Carl Reiner saw freaks and he was just like, this is too weird. So we're going to go with <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre as right. the one. And like in the script, there was this, sort of parallel between the movie freaks and the characters in this movie being kind of like freaks of the school or whatever. And yeah. So that All was played kind of differently. And, people. I literally uh, think Carl Reiner was just like, and this executives were just going through like crossing out important lines of dialogue and being like, insert joke. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like this needs to be more jokes. funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We need yeah. to play this for laughs, even though it, even though it's pretty devastating. Really should be treated really of, seriously. Yeah. Like, like there's yeah like i really courtney thornsmith like pam that character she's like like i remember getting like this kind of like pit in my stomach feeling when i started really thinking about like i know she's i was like this poor girl is like needs a lot of help yeah. you know yeah, but does. the movie's just like oh she's acting like his wife isn't that silly <laughs> and then like at the end She's like, oh, I'm not interested in you anymore. Like, what is I, her excuse? Do you remember? I, I don't remember. Yeah, that was totally brushed off. Too. She like found somebody else or whatever. It's just like she just like turned a switch. She's like, oh, I'm like interested in some even older man or something. Yeah. Anyway, it was weird. Well, uh, I I actually have a, a few things for what are you watching? Um, I got shall, a whole, I've go been making that? a yeah. list now. Yeah. Well, I probably so, don't. I only have a few kind of big things like what you watch now, huh? Well, all right. Did you see Prey? Yeah. Okay. I did. I saw, I saw Prey too. What did you I, think? I liked it. I did too. Okay. Thought it was good. Lots yeah. of good setups and payoffs. Like lots of good action without being like stupid. Right. Um, I well, liked how interesting it was characters. Like, yeah, the characters are interesting, and they approached it like making a period piece. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Like not making a predator movie. They were yeah. making a period piece that happened to have a predator in. I think it's uh I was trying to decide if I like it better than Predator 2. Interesting. I think I probably do. So this is probably my or either at least the second or tie. third yeah. Second or third favorite Predator movie, even including the AVP movies. I think it's better oh, than either sure. of those. Yes. 100%. It's it's way better than The Predator. That movie sucked ass. It's <laughs> it's better than Predators, which I I liked Predators, but there's some really stupid things in it. Which way? But, All right. I got, I'm getting them confused now. Which one is The Predator? The Predator is the 2018 one with Olivia Munn, where the Predator steals autism, basically. That's the whole point of the movie. Oh, the Shane Black one? I don't yes. think that I, I don't think that I saw that one. Oh, it's awful. It is the worst. That's good. Good for me then. Predators. So, okay, that's the Robert uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, that's got Adrian Brody and it's Adrian Brody. That it's one's like decent. Yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah. 
it has a really stupid twist in act. And also, like, I'm sorry, but Adrian, I don't Adrian Brody is a badass. Yeah, that's true. You know what yeah, I mean? I know. Like, I like He's... that he gave it a shot and they gave him a shot, but yeah. if they replace him with somebody who's an actual badass, maybe it's a, it's a little bit more yeah. believable. Anyway. I feel like the second Predator movie is a good companion piece of the first one. I don't right. think it's I it's like I don't know. I would put it about on I would put Prey about on par with the second. So I, I think this is a two A, two B scenario for me. Yeah. 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 But it's did good. You know that there's a um there's like a version what they call it like the Comanche. Oh, in Comanche. Kind of I yeah. heard that I heard that it was just dubbed though. It was. Okay. Did but you watch that? that even no. Like why okay. would you? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Well, um, that did kind of strike me as kind of weird that they were speaking English, like. But I don't right, know what else you they, do, like. I mean, you just subtitle the whole thing. People watch movies with subtitles, but the studio is not going to go for that for a Predator movie. Just make but the whole the film in Comanche. That they made the people like that; those people actually are like Native American. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that they did a Comanche dub is just as it like a listen. The studio wouldn't let us. They probably wanted to do it in Comanche. Yeah. But the studio was like, no, hell no. Yeah. So so they did the dub and that's the you know next best thing. English equals Comanche in this, and it wasn't too distracting. Um, but then occasionally they would say something in Comanche and right. Yes. Just and like, then okay. like whenever you say things about like, you know, the spirit wolf and whatever, when you start talking about Native American concepts in English, it starts to sound like stuff you're not supposed to talk like you know what i mean like it's like cultural appropriation or like bad old native american tropes like yeah um, they they apparently had a lot of a lot of influence like native people working on it and yeah uh, apparently it was really well received in that community for its accuracy no they definitely they tried and it shows but it's just like when i'm saying when you say those things in english even when you're trying to it's just it it turns a switch you know i honestly would have rather that they spoke comanche and the whole thing was subtitled like that yeah that would i would have watched that yeah but the dub i don't like watching dubs yeah like i don't like you know i was thinking like like, i get i get through act one and i'm like oh this movie's not going to have a very high body count and then the french trappers show up (laughs) right yeah i'm like oh here's the body (laughs) count like yeah (laughs) Yeah. they they just get wasted (laughs) yeah well as as they should. Yeah. Uh, I did you? I saw Lightyear. Did you see that? I did not. I I almost started watching it, and then I was just like, meh. It was not good. No. Oh, no. It was, um, I didn't watch it. I really, really didn't like it at all. Like, <laughs> I, the characters are fine. Um, the twist in Act Three is really dumb. Really, uh-huh. really dumb. Well, that can literally kill a movie. So it it's yeah, it kill yeah, it pretty much killed it for me. They do that this sucks. thing, they do this thing in Act One. They do the typical Pixar thing where it's like something is played off as whimsical, but it's actually terrifying. Super, yeah, terrifying yeah. or sad or something. Yeah, it's like he's stranded them on this planet, and then he's gonna try this new engine they're building to get them off the planet. But each time he tries, it's like four minutes for him, and it's like four years. Right, it's on like the Interstellar. I think I yeah, heard about and, this. Yeah, and he ends up like 
like something like 200 years pass like while he's trying it's and it's like played off like it's like, like whoops this, it's this upbeat montage where he's like uh-huh. trying and i'm just like this is what we're going with like <laughs> it's like uh, all right and then the other thing about it is at the beginning of the film it says there's like text it says in 1995 andy saw a movie like whatever andy's last name is from toy story circus yeah <laughs> i'm kidding no <laughs> andy circus saw a movie that changed his life forever this is that movie which is dumb that they even had that it's like yeah the whole concept is weird isn't it well if like buzz lightyear's a real like i couldn't tell if it was like a live action movie in andy's universe or if it was an animated movie it definitely feels like just from the promo materials and like his stubble and stuff. It's live feels action. Like it's supposed to be a live action in his world. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. But it doesn't feel like a like a sci-fi action movie from 1995. It feels like sure. a Pixar movie from 2022. Right. <laughs> there's, there's there's nothing yeah. there's nothing 90s about the movie. See, they like, should have really tried to lean into like last action hero-y schwarzenegger like you know i know um, yeah independence day like if they had made a pixar movie that like aped all that stuff i would it'd probably be my favorite pixar movie it would have been better than what they did i don't yeah. know it's, let's it's just, make our own buzz Lightyear origin story it felt like they were just like mailing it in honestly this yeah. it was like, like it probably looks really good but then everything else they forgot yeah. literally like pixar's one rule which is like story over everything yeah the story wasn't really that good it, i can't yeah. even remember what it was like that's kind of been happening it, more frequently with pixar films I, unfortunately yeah um i watched uh a most violent year oh about, what's that it's um it's um uh, uh, Oscar Isaac is like the it's it's kind of like a go godfathery kind of story where this guy is like trying to avoid becoming like falling into pitfalls of like crime. So he's literally like a garbage. It's like a he's a garbage or no 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 he's oil like fuel oil. But apparently that industry is very corrupt in New York City, New Jersey. You know where they like whatever overcharge people sign bad contracts and he's he's doing all the kind of same stuff but he's not actually breaking any laws or so he thinks but his wife is like an actual like the daughter of an actual like crime boss and she's in charge of all the books so then they start getting investigated and blah 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 long story short like i made it through the whole thing and it was like relatively compelling but I don't know. This is nothing. This is a it's movie? trying. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Netflix, I think. Okay. Um, But it's trying to, you know, be something more than it is. Anyway, the <laughs> most fun year, I would say, like, skip it unless you really want to see Oscar Isaac um, talking about selling oil to people. Um, <laughs> okay. Or yeah, you know. Uh, and then I watched Thirteen Lives, which is, um. Oh yes, I saw that too. That yeah, was... Ron Howard. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Ron film. Howard. 
Yeah, I believe so. He directed? Yeah, Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I forgot about I watched that with my sister's family. And uh I didn't I didn't know anything about that story. I, I must have missed it. Like so I remember the only thing I remember from that story was like Elon Musk like tweeted yeah. out like his plan or whatever. I, I remember that. Right. <laughs> That's what I remember. But man, the way they actually did it is so crazy. And um, you know, it's one of those things like it's perfectly it's totally fine. It's handled well. They have a good cast. Like yes. It, it'd be hard for them not to make a, a decent movie out of that story. And they did. They made a decent yeah, movie. Yeah. I found it very engaging. Um, yeah. It was, I thought it was done well. Yeah. Like you said, I like the cast. Um, yeah. And they it, tiptoe around the like stuff that was difficult to navigate. Well, like the whole issue of the, the, the like mayor guy, whatever he is, like the governor of that prefecture or whatever. Yeah. And like, you know, he's kind of like a piece of shit, but he also like then kind of like trusts them and, and ends up looking good. But yeah, he kind of reminded yeah. me of the mayor from Jaws a little bit. Like, yeah, right. He, he has good intentions, but he's also trying to cover his own ass. And, right. And he's um, like going to be he's trying to be promoted or something like oh he's getting canned but they're or, making or, him stay on oh is that what it is until this is done in case it goes bad so they can throw him under the bus right so it's like he's in a terrible position yeah but there's literally literally a scene where he's like now this is why now you'll see why they made me the governor and goes out and talks to the press <laughs> which i thought was kind of like okay ron or whoever wrote that uh but uh but yes i mean vigo mortensen and Colin Farrell do a really good job and and there's a bunch of other like it's it's a it's a uplifting you know kind of heartwarming story it's got a lot of I mean like who would who would think that a movie where half of it is people swimming through the same exact tiny gaps in a cave um but it was harrowing I found it was pretty it was very engaging they did a good job of keeping it the stakes high you know yeah um it's a well it's a well-made movie it's about as good as the dark tower was bad so uh, okay. ron howard you're still on my shit list but uh <laughs> i know you were just brought in to like save that but it's literally I, the worst i did not realize this was ron howard for some reason i, I makes sense though that. right but, now yeah. no it it's, does this like, this ron howard could direct this movie in his sleep well this is apollo 13 right he, he directed that too right yes it's yeah, like, that's what i mean like he's already made this movie yeah basically a couple of times i think all right gang thanks for joining us my name is brad patello find me on instagram at brad patello adam is renaissance grunt gus is mr trouth go email us a movie odyssey.podcast at gmail.com thank you for listening and we will see you next week and uh hey. I was trying to think of something about this movie to say, but it's like, that's, there's so few things that stuck in my brain. <laughs> if your student is homeless and clearly suffering from depression, have them stay with a but, friend, not yeah, with you. But if, if you're they the have teacher. a crush on you, I, I don't know. It's yeah, weird. Don't, it's still just weird. don't do it. It's all <laughs> weird. Don't do it. We love weird. you. Bye.